0: heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your host and game master. This week, we're concluding our fuck, it's Dracula adventure. If you enjoyed this game or our playthrough of Dear Elizabeth, or you're interested at all in micro games, be sure to check out the 200 word RPG challenge. There are a lot of great winners and finalists this year, as well as years past. To find out more, follow the link to the 200-word RPG challenge in the show notes for this episode. Coming up this week on the OneShot Twitch stream, on Wednesday, we're doing a special stream of Inhuman Conditions, a two-player social deduction game based on Blade Runner. That's going to be starting up Wednesday, 7.15 Central Time. On Thursday, we'll be streaming more Gloomhaven with a new episode of Total Party Kill, starting at 7pm Central Time. You can find all that and more at twitch.tv oneshotrpg one-shot-rpg. Before we get to the episode, I'd like to take a quick moment to thank some of our backers on Patreon. Oh boy, I know I'm going to get this wrong. Jochen Mordart, thank you. Geroid Kremen, thank you. <laughs> Look who's tagging, thank you so much. Hannah Burson, thank you. Kelly Faber, thank you so much. Nicholas Wells, thank you. Andrew Coles, thank you very much. Isabel White, thank you. Kalani Tamura, thank you. Or Kalani Tamura, thank you. Tim Verberg, thank you. Kenneth Merriman, thank you. Andy, thank you very much. Alan, thank you. Patrick Lindsay, thank you so much. J.S. Major, thank you. Jello K., Thank you so much. Moira M. Thank you. Paul Goodrich. Thank you very much. Josh and Leah King. Thank you. Jamie Deer. Thank you so much. Ryan Ward. Thank you very much. Miguel Sligerman. Thank you. And I hope I got that right. She's a super geek. Uh, thank you so much. <laughs> Adam Pearson. Thank you. Joe Killeen. Thank you so much. Allison Burns. Thank you. Joe Kasim. Thank you very much. Daniel Greer. Thank you. Brendan Morales. Thank you so much. And Jesus Luzon. Thank you. Thanks again to everyone who supports us on Patreon. Your support makes this show possible, along with the rest of the network. And with all that out of the way, let's get to the show. (laughs) cut
1: what a good movie
0: all right so thus concludes phase one phase two is return to the village and i have to roll another die okay you guys are on your way back to the village i have rolled a die for the event for phase two i think andreas told their story a few minutes ago. And you're all digesting what you've heard, but also racing back to the tent city as quickly as possible. The camera moves over Kildare and Archibald's faces. Emotionally, what do they look? Did they believe their friend's story?
1: I think Kildare has her look of stern kind of disdain that she had. She doesn't take well to cowardice unless there's like a real good reason to be afraid. Um, mm-hmm. And as as the story unfolds, I think it's, it's a very slow burn. But by the end of the story, there's this flicker behind her eyes that is either fear or excitement or both.
0: I feel like your hairs are on end as yeah. you're hands firmly grip that steering wheel. What about Archibald?
2: So the camera pulls back from Kildare's face. And as it pulls back from Kildare's face, we begin to hear this constant chatter. And as we pull back, we can see that Archibald is just talking and he's, he's Googling Dracula through the book.
0: Oh, no, 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 no. I'm afraid, Archibald, that as you try to pull up information about Dracula, <gasps> the system flatlines oh, and your queries.
2: Oh, he's like, oh, it's not even doing that. I've never even seen this before. Let's try this from a different angle. Let's and like he's just trying a bunch of different angles and trying to find like out if he can find anything about vampire. No, no, there's nothing there. Brom Stroker. No, no, nothing there. Bloodsucker. No, and like he's just going through a bunch of and he's fascinated by the yeah, fact. Yeah, and you
0: can find like uh, vampire squids vampire bats like you can find things that relate to vampire but when you search for things adjacent to dracula and like when you read the entry for vampire bat it says named after the monster of legend vampire you can like click on vampire and it will pull up, like if you hack deep into it, which you have, uh, you'll find a database of words uh, like Dracula and whatnot. And when you find those words and you try to search those words, the system flatlines, all you can do is find this uh, redirect index of like essentially forbidden words. That's
2: fascinating. He opens up a new file um, that he calls... Dracula, and he begins putting all the information he can, like even even the information that is the non-information, the gaps and holes that he's finding, he puts all of his queries and stuff. He's just constantly in a non-stop state of trying to process what's going on here, because he's never experienced something like this before, where the database, the great almighty cloud, hallowed be thy name, does not seem to understand or know what this is.
0: Andreas, Alan starts freaking out.
3: Andreas coaxes Alan down to him and kind of holds him gently against his chest with one hand. And in his other hand, he is still firmly holding this stake.
0: Uh, Alan is shaking. And letting out a call that you know is like a call to let you know that a predator is nearby. Great. Um, you are right now like driving back across this desert landscape and the tent city is not too far away. Like you got out here relatively quickly, but the dust cloud that was kicked up when the object fell has dissipated somewhat to Cover the entire landscape in kind of a dusty haze, and from the sky, you see several dark objects moving above you. Nope. That appear to be closing in on you. Nope. 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 Drive faster.
3: Drive. I'm driving a lot. as
1: fast as I can. What's going don't on now?
3: A lot faster,
0: please. For- Look up. And drive faster. And as you look up, you can hear calling through the night. <gasps> as your eardrums feel the impact of a sonic wave. Uh, and it sort of dizzies you and disorients you a little bit. I need a comprehend from Kildare.
1: Cool. Uh, I rolled a five and my comprehend is a five.
0: You managed to like tighten your grip on that steering wheel and not lose control of the vehicle, Mm -hmm. but your perception has been messed with. You feel dizzy, even a little sick getting hit by that wave. And you can see in the rear view mirror, some glowing red eyes attached to like shadowy moving things immediately behind you.
1: Is this
0: something you that you
1: have encountered
0: before? No, oh. never. Archibald, uh, you are in the back. I need you to roll a survive for me. Uh, that is a three, and I have a five in survival. You similarly stave off the sonic attack uh, that went through the air, and you, because you were facing backwards in that bucket seat, have the best view of these creatures. I start,
2: rec- I start recording.
0: Mm-hmm. You hit record. Your HUD pops up and it's trying to scan and outline uh, images of these things that are behind you. But one dives forward and like lands in front of you standing on this bucket seat. You can see the huge legs and paws attached to shaggy black feet with glowing red eyes and a mouthful of huge yellowish white teeth and most horrifying of all, gigantic leathery wings that must span about 15 feet. This is a bat wolf.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Uh, Which is the random event that was rolled for you. I am going to need an aggress from Andreas.
3: Aggress is six, and I rolled a five.
0: Please tell me how you fight this bat wolf.
3: It seemed like there was a lot of creatures, yeah, behind they, they, us.
0: you think they're like three or four,
3: okay. Uh, as I see it, see them start to get closer to the vehicle, i I take Alan and kind of tuck him uh, onto my neck, and he tucks up behind my my massive hair and like, kind of, curls up on my shoulder and like just, just behind the hair on my head. And uh, I, I grip the stake in my hands and I, I flip it around so that it's in a, a dagger hold. And as soon as that creature lands and lets out no more than a hiss, he dives forward and slams the stake into its chest.
0: Um. So it landed on the back and, like, it is about to lunge and just eat Archibald's entire head. So it's lunging forward just as you impact it and stab it with this stake. It snarls and yelps in pain and it tries to loom its head around and get at you. Archibald, yeah. can I get a. Actually, you can decide for me. Do you want to roll aggress or survive?
2: I'll roll an aggress.
0: Okay. Please roll it.
2: Uh, That is a four, and my aggress is four.
0: Fight or flight situation. This gigantic creature is in front of you, and you decide to fight. You pull your legs back, and you kick. Andreas on top with this stake in it sees what you're about to do and jumps forward as you kick forward because it's been injured. Its leg is a little unsteady. And as you kick it, it sort of rolls and yelps off the back of this speeding dune buggy. So that one has been dealt with. Another one slams in from the side. And this one looks like it's going for Kildare. Kildare. Can I get a survive from you?
1: I rolled a four and my survive is six.
0: I think you are speeding through the desert and you have your wire frame up and you see a rock and you decide to drift very close to that rock as this creature is growling and snapping at you, uh, trying to grab your arms. You jerk the steering wheel near the rock and... It slams into this creature, breaking it off the side of the dune buggy. There is one more above you, and the sort of haze of dust is leaving as you're getting closer to the tent city. Uh, You can see this one is watching you more carefully. What do you do?
1: Where is this one at this point in relation to us?
0: I think it is behind and above the dune buggy.
1: Cool. Um, And uh, is Andreas in the crow's nest? heck no where are you
3: i i think um he's more inside he, he's like on the he's, back he's, yeah he's on the back forward. with yeah. okay. uh with archibald He's right. he does not want to be up in the air right now especially after what he
2: saw earlier
1: okay we need something we need to load something up onto the the slingshot and shoot it
2: I got it. I got it. I want to get close. I need a better picture of these things.
1: No, that's not what I said. I didn't say scan it. I said kill it.
2: I'm going to scan it. And uh, Archibald (laughs) heads up to the crow's nest.
3: Andreas heaves a big sigh and kind of climbs behind you. And as you climb into the crow's nest, Andreas grabs that pole. And um, gosh, what? What 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 should I throw? What I don't I have the pole. What should I do? What do you think I should do? I don't know what to do.
2: Um, Archibald reaches down, pulls out like a uh, a containment canister. It's not full of anything; it's just an empty one, and hands it to you.
3: Okay, Andreas uh, pulls the pole as far back as he can, does some careful aiming. Um, takes, opens the canister and kind of sticks it on top of the pole. A
2: little more left. How about this? A little bit more.
3: Okay.
0: All right, back, back two degrees. Okay. Roll an aggress.
3: I rolled a two and my aggress is six.
0: The containment device slings forward, shoots towards this creature. It's not able to move out of the way in time. It slams into the creature's chest and these sort of like spidery metal arms jut out of it and like wrap it up and it falls to the ground.
2: Great shot. Good that job, was great. Well I got done. that all on
0: tape too. Awesome.
3: Andreas starts climbing back down and like grabs you kind of by the scruff of your clothing and starts pulling you back down towards the vehicle.
2: Oh, I'm going to roll an aggress to stop. Like I I got to stick here.
0: You don't even need to do that because, like, I think this containment device, like, attaches to the pole. Oh, um, no. And you're dragging that thing with you. Oh, 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 yay, yay, yay.
1: Did you get it? You got it, right? We got it.
3: We got it. Yeah, I guess we got something. I don't want it, though.
2: <gasps>
0: oh, we're going to get so much good data. So much good data. We cut to another crow's eye view as we see you streaking to the camp, just kicking up an unconscionable amount of dust. And I think that's the end of phase two. As we enter phase three, you pull into camp. What does each of you immediately decide to do?
2: Um, I am immediately going to do a full and complete scan and digital makeup of this thing that we got
0: so your scanning equipment scans the thing entirely and it's like like growling around inside it's binding from this containment unit but you get a full detailed scan of it and you've logged all of it in your sort of private server file that's contained within your book Mm. you can upload like all of the information that you got into the cloud but what you've scanned right now is going to remain on your book unless you like delete it or whatever
2: yeah this this all this stuff that i'm doing is not going to go into the cloud yet like that is off to the side while that's scanning i'm going to try and download um not everything that we've seen so far. I'm going to download the fact that we found Terran dirt, and uh, I'm going to upload also like the canyon uh, algorithm that I came up with, like the non-essential things. Everything else goes into into my Dracula folder.
0: As you upload like the Terran dirt and stuff that you said you found, it pings the merchants in your area. There are all sorts of people here. there are people who who want you know like valuable minerals and ores and perhaps even artifacts that uh people might find on these scouting missions, like especially if it's an object that is literally dropped out of the sky. There are also people who are interested in like different biological finds and will like barter with people to get creatures that they've captured and stuff like that. Um, so, you upload this thing that pings these mer- m- merchants that are like, Terran dirt was found. Um, and within minutes, People descend upon your area, like curious and making you offers. Who is the face of your party? Who like negotiates these deals?
1: I think it's probably Kildare.
0: So, Kildare, you have a line of excited merchants that want to see what you have. Like most of them are interested in the Terran dirt.
1: Yeah. So, I th- I-, I think it's inside one of the tents, and there's like a single overhead lamp, uh, like. Like on mash, you know? And <laughs> Kildare is like kicking it behind a pop up table in like a shitty folding chair. And she's giving everybody this dry, tough, like once over. And she's like, all right, willing to hear some offers now. And like, and then the camera flips around, and on the other side of the table, the rest of the tent is like, like shoulder to shoulder filled with people who are interested and skeptical and confused and hopeful. And it's just this like, like clown car situation inside one of these tents.
0: Roll for me and in rapture,
1: I rolled a four and I have a four.
0: Okay. So there is a long sort of auction style bidding process, but at the end of it, you manage to sell Terran dirt to like a lot of different people at an exorbitant expensive rate. You have cleaned up on this, yeah. And all of their scans told them the same thing your scans told you. This is Terran dirt, genuine and real.
1: Yeah. And at no, I would like to add that at no point does Kildare like crack a smile or like joke around with them. It's all business.
0: Yeah. And it took a long time. Like, you know, your your journey took a while, like scanning everything, collecting all that information took a while. And there are other parties that have sort of like headed back with things they have found. But like this negotiation took a long time and the room is mostly cleared out, but there is one tall, scarred individual that's like faces wrapped, up and like leathers and whatnot and they speak in a deep gruff voice where's the creature the what well it says here in your scans that you picked up uh alien life form
1: the wolf bat
2: local uh, fauna local fauna whatever
0: you want to call it
1: well the wolf bats on the table in the back we're still studying it
0: i'll offer you 300 bitcoin for it
2: Really? From the other side of the room, Archibald is there, and he's like, Higher! Go
1: higher! I don't know, mate. They gave us quite a run for it out there.
0: Sure they did. Never seen anything like it. Name your price.
1: Kildare shoots another glance over the guy's shoulder to Archibald. Yeah, higher! Go higher! We need at least 800 Bitcoin.
0: He whistles, stretches a little bit, cracks his neck does some calculations and you can see there's some twitching of his hands as he's moving through his HUD. All right. Before he transfers though, I want to see it.
2: Sure. Sure thing. And uh Archibald opens the book and a hologram jumps up of it.
0: Nice. No, I want to see the thing. Uh
2: I you know how scans work, right? I mean, I don't have a lot of technical time to like talk to you about it. I didn't
0: ask you or pay you 800 Bitcoin for a scan. I want the creature.
2: Okay, okay. No, 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 no. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Do you want to take him?
1: Sure. We should show the nice gentleman the merchandise. So Kildare gets up and gestures and- leads him back to the storage area where they've got the... Did we kill it when we brought it back? No, it's
0: it's it's alive. alive.
2: It's very much
1: alive. It's bound up and it's contained, but it's alive. So yeah,
0: this containment unit has like metal restraints that sort of spider style spring around something and like hug it close to prevent it from moving. Um, And as you walk back to the table where you left this thing, you see an empty containment unit and a big pile of black dust.
1: Well, shit. Oh.
0: Sunlight is permeating your tent, and like the green glow of the atmosphere is lighting up this place.
1: Huh. Well, well it's a uh, well, uh, uh, good thing you didn't transfer the funds then.
0: Yeah. Bad luck to you, strangers. Sorry about that.
2: How about You're like two hundred Bitcoin for the info?
0: He stops. And thinks about it. Fifty.
2: Ah, uh, um one hundred.
0: Well, sorry to waste your time. I wouldn't want to uh disrupt your morning anymore. Y'all have a good day. You too. Bye. Oh, he like is, walks out slowly, hoping that he's gonna drop your price.
2: Kildare so is standing there with her arms crossed. Or, uh, like... like a Fine
0: <laughs> <laughs> he transfers one hundred bitcoin. Pleasure Very doing well.
1: business with you.
2: And uh, uh, Archibald swipes over the uh, the info, but not all the info. Just the mm-hmm. basic scan.
0: Yeah, just the basic scan. So you are left with this mysterious pile of ash.
2: Hey,
1: Archibald, and- mm-hmm. is that Terran and dirt too? Because I got a weird feeling about this day.
2: No, nah, it's, it's mostly carbon. Uh, it's I mean, it's chemical composition. Ash, really.
1: It's weird.
0: Yeah. I'm going to collect it, though, and scan it. Yeah, just that's to, a good to idea. Be safe. Yeah.
1: yeah, put it in a jar.
0: So, Kildare, I think you have had a pretty long night, and you're getting tired. But before you retire, I think you need to get something to drink or something.
1: Yeah, yeah. Kildare... Leaves Archibald in charge of you know, tidying up and organizing the data. As she moves through the tent, she nods at Andreas in passing and says, I'm going to be back in a bit. I need to stretch my legs. And she heads into the tent city with her cowl up over her hair for what little that does to disguise who she is and heads to the watering hole where there's a tent. It's like a mess hall where people have sort of set up shop to, to trade food and drink and whatnot, and she can go and, and get something to steady herself.
0: As you walk in, you get a cold chill running down your spine, um, mixed with exhilaration. Like Your adrenaline spikes a little bit. It's uncanny. You look around for something that might be dangerous, something that might be eliciting this feeling in you, and you can't quite figure it out, but you're high on alert your, your energy is buzzing right now, you take a look around the tent and it's, you know, what you would expect, like walking in at any hour of the day, there are going to be people here in the mess hall because teams decide to work all sorts of different shifts to gather as much information as they can. And, you know, there are the regular scientists and engineers, uh, that come to these planets to, to oversee various, various like colonizing activities. And then your eyes fall across someone. I need you to describe for me a devastatingly attractive person to Kildare.
1: Okay. This person is taller than the average human, but not by a lot. It's not a stark contrast, but it is a noticeable contrast. If this person were to stand up, everyone would go, damn, that's a tall person. But it only serves to make them more beautiful. They have dark features and like strong clean lines to their face like a strong Mm. jaw a strong nose a broad forehead broad shoulders they look like the kind of person that could take you in a fight but they would never fight you there's a strength to them physically on on first glance uh, but they have extremely gentle hands and like really really striking eyes
0: Looking into their eyes is like looking into the eyes of a panther. There's a quiet tempest inside. You can see the coiled strength that rests within them. And as you look into their eyes, you feel something. Maybe you felt it before, um, but the way it hits you is alien completely. Uh, There are things that probably you should question about it, but don't. There is an instant connection. You are drawn in like by the force of gravity. You move towards them and sit across from them. Let's cut back to camp. Specifically, let's cut back to Andreas. Where are you? What are you doing?
3: So Andreas was sitting in a neighboring tent holding the stake in his hands. and
0: I would like to flash back to that night for a second. Just like a flash goes up on the screen. Please describe this tableau for us. I can tell you it is raining and something is illuminated by lightning.
3: Of course. Andreas stands in the storm holding the stake exactly the same way as he's holding it now. You can see in his eyes a look of fear but determination and next to him is someone else.
0: So like you see that two figures, one is like very clearly Andreas holding the stake and then we cut back to the present.
3: In the present, uh, you can see Andreas's eyes are, are tearing up a little bit, not necessarily with a sad look, but the tears well up from the overwhelming remembrance of the feelings he had that night those years ago. Yeah. He stands up and closes his eyes for a moment and starts to let himself be a little more present again because he he felt yet for for the millionth time since that fateful night he was swept away in his thoughts and feelings.
0: Yeah, you close your eyes and blink the tears away they run down your face cutting through the dirt dust and grime that you've collected from your late night journey and like you look up and we just get this badass conan the barbarian style man cry that we like <laughs> look over andreas <laughs> gripping this stake archibald i think you are close by what are you doing recording this Andreas is doing one of his manly cries that he does from time to time.
2: I have a whole file on manly cries that Andreas (laughs) does. They're fascinating to me. I don't think Archibald has cried a day in his life. There's no reason for him to. The world is too analytical and clinical to do that. But he's watching Andreas cry and recording it. And for the first time, he's gonna go over, put his hand on Andreas's shoulder. Does Does Andreas react at all?
3: He was standing there, his eyes pinched, closed, an effort to kind of will away everything washing over him. and on contact, you you see his brow furrow, but the scrunch in his eyes and the determination start to ebb away as your touch helps ground him in the moment.
0: You get a blip, Archibald. New map data has been uploaded from other teams that actually went to different areas around the tent city. Ooh, new map data.
2: And he kind of wanders away from touching Andres'
0: shoulder, pulls it up. What is it? It is a new mountain range that is not too far from the tent city. Your group was thinking of exploring but You know, there's so much exciting stuff around this desert that uh, you really didn't have time to get over to it. So you figured, you know, you'd you'd take your luck with the other areas that you explored. Another crew looks like they have started the broad range scan, and you can see the crow's eye view create like this hologram wireframe that you bring up on your table. And it is a mountain that looks like a massive human skull.
2: Well, that's something you don't see every day, An- Andreas. Have, have you seen this?
3: Has Andreas seen this before, honey?
2: On
0: another world.
3: Great. Yeah, that's uh, that's familiar.
0: Oh,
2: they got they got the broad scans going already, which I mean is is the majority of the money. But we we do have a bit of a, a windfall now. So I say that if we want to do something today, we should go and start doing the detail scans. You know, like try to get some. Get some some mineral content going on, some like really nitty gritty stuff. What do you think?
3: I'm going to be real honest right now. I think we should take the money we got from this discovery and buy our way off this planet.
2: But there's so much more to do.
3: Of all the things I've told you today, none of it's landed with you, has it?
0: We cut back to the mess hall in the marketplace. Kildare, your head is buzzing you're trying to form thoughts. It's not like you're on a drug or anything. It's sort of like you're in the period between being awake and falling asleep. Mm -hmm. You're, slightly aware of the world around you but it feels like memories are evaporating as soon as you're forming them you can tell that you've left the mess hall and you're now you're now in the winding bazaar of the marketplace there are shops and stalls everywhere that that are familiar to you but they're like flashes that appear in your mind you can't exactly tell where you're going or even where you've been and human voices call out and familiar languages but they feel like you're hearing them through underwater they're all sort of indistinct droning the only thing that you can focus on is the creature that walks beside you and how beautiful it is it takes you through the different areas of of this bazaar always careful to avoid patches open to sunlight it takes you into a side sort of alleyway And it speaks. It doesn't speak a language you know or understand at all. It speaks in rolling sentences that feel like smoke moving across your face. You inhale the words. You don't need to comprehend them to understand them. They put you at ease, make you feel comfortable. You follow this creature into this dark alleyway, and it draws closer to you. You don't know what is about to happen, but your body, some part of you, is bracing yourself, and then a voice calls out. In a second, your senses are back to you. The memories start flooding in. They were unclear at first, but now they're very clear. You've been walking beside this person that you don't know that has been talking nonsense to you for a long time. Your body's anxiety is overwhelmed. Your fight or flight is going off. I'm going to give you the option. Would you like to roll survive or would you like to roll aggress?
1: Ooh, um...
0: Actually, you can pick anything to roll.
1: I mm, mm. I actually, I think I want to roll aggress because I think instinctively that's what Kildare would do anyway, Yeah. but also because it's my lowest stat and I want to see what happens.
0: Ooh, cool.
1: <laughs> oh, cool. Okay. So my aggress is three. I rolled a five.
0: Allie, you have received your thing that I have written on your character sheet.
1: Okay, I got it. I'm good.
0: So you strike violently forward. Yep. Actually, please describe what sort of attack you do.
1: Okay, so because all of that stuff comes flooding in and overwhelms her, her instinct is to strike and put distance between her and this stranger. So she does like a, I don't know, like a jujitsu move. Or like an Aikido move where she like tries to startle him physically so that she can back up and get out of the way it's like a flat of the hand strike thing towards his face or his his chest maybe to try to like just strike and get out of the way
0: i think you do three quick rolling punches to the chest and then uh bring up a hammer fist to the side of his face throw a large impact and then run in the opposite direction you can feel The presence of the thing that was fogging your mind at your back and like struggling with you as you run through this marketplace and like you are in full flight mode. There are people who are in this bazaar that are calling out to you, trying to sell you things, trying to get in your way, and you are moving past things, jumping over things, pushing your way through until you see some of the open air and you dive for it. You're breathing heavily as you get out, and you look back, and you can see inside the dark and shadow of this marketplace, just like at the edge, looking at you, this tall, beautiful figure. And your heart flutters. Your chest is overwhelmed by a feeling of anxious hope, but you turn away. And start heading back to your camp as quickly as possible.
1: Yeah. So I think she like tugs her shawl back up over her hair against the sun and like forces herself to turn away and head back towards camp.
0: I think there's been a little bit of conversation between Andreas and Archibald as Kildare sort of bursts into the tent.
2: And that is why nothing matters. And if nothing matters, then we could do whatever we want. Oh, my cloud. <laughs> he, uh, I don't, no, no, it's,
3: I don't I mean, even know
2: how to explain it. You, you just don't get it. I, I, don't yeah. think, I don't think you get it. I mean, literally, literally life, life is meaningless. We will eventually all die. And when we all die, nothing will be around except for the data that we accumulate. That's what's going to matter.
1: What are you even talking about?
2: Life and its true meaning.
1: Great. He's telling us that we're we're worthless,
2: essentially. We are.
1: Okay. Great. That's fine. You okay? Yeah. Uh
2: You don't you don't look okay.
0: <laughs> it appears that Archibald has shared his wild life philosophy with Andreas.
1: Andreas isn't fucking having it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Kildare. You don't look well right now. What what happened?
1: Nothing. I just went to the. I went to the thing um, to get a drink, and uh, it was just crowded. You know, I'm just tired. I don't feel very good.
2: Well, you want to lie down? You can go lie down. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait! wait, what? I have to show what? this to you. I have what? To show this to you. And he opens the book and he shows you Skull Mountain.
1: The fuck is that?
0: Immediately, you feel an overwhelming urge to go there. I'm thinking we should go there.
1: Yeah. I mean, where is it?
2: Uh, Oh, it's in the the mountain ranges to the... Oh, what direction was that? I think it was north. Okay. uh, How far? We can be there by about noon.
0: You want to go? And as you say this, you realize you're overwhelmingly tired.
2: I mean, we could go or we can... I mean...
1: We've been out all night. Um, Maybe we should rest up a little bit before we head back out.
2: Okay. You want to go tonight then?
1: Yeah.
3: I really don't think we should go.
1: Well, now look. Are oh. you going to tell us why you're so upset about all this, or not? I did. Uh, you.
3: This is all to do with Dracula. All of it. I've seen this before. It's where he is. I'm pretty sure. Like, this is not unfamiliar to me. I've I've seen a place like this. I've been to a place like this, and it's emerged again. And we need to just take the money we've got and leave, unless you truly believe your life is worth nothing. And you
2: want to stay and lose it to a monster? I mean, goodness, we all gotta go some way.
1: <laughs> I mean, if we can get paid for it. What are you
2: gonna do with the money when you're dead?
1: Well, nothing. We'd be dead, but.
2: Actually, it goes to the next of kin.
1: If we don't die, we'll be set for life.
3: I don't know about you, but I haven't really got a next of kin.
2: That's why I'm doing
0: this. What about you?
2: Uh, yeah. My mom.
0: Got a flash of your mom.
2: Ooh, okay. There is a flash. Of an attractive and an attractive and.
0: So Archibald's mom fucks. Oh, yeah, she totally fucks. <laughs> she fucks way more than Archibald. Uh, this is
1: the director's cut. She,
2: <laughs> we see her, and she is in a space suit and she is working on like starships, and she's a construction worker and an engineer on, on spaceships and starships yeah. and stuff.
1: That's so- She gets a spinoff.
2: And uh, (laughs) we see her like working and stuff like that. And then going back to a small, literal like capsule hotel type room where she like lives and works and sleeps. It cuts back to Archibald going, everything I make, most of it goes to my mom. And if I die, all of it goes to her. So I'm fine.
3: Have any of us met your mom before?
2: Oh, I think all of you have met my mom. Yeah, absolutely.
3: So, Andreas, when you mention your mom, cracks a small smile, says, oh, yeah, I forgot about your mom. <laughs> what?
2: Yeah. What, what, uh, 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 I'm, I'm going to wait.
0: Uh, Archibald, you know your mom fucks.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's, a, there's a moment there's a moment. Where he's like, look, I know. I know it. It's fine. It's fine.
3: She can have my money, too.
2: That's fine. The more money for her, the better.
0: And Kildare, why do you do it? Who does your money go to?
2: Kildare
1: has a moment of introspection thinking about the large family she came from. So her mother and father who separated, remarried, and they all continued to live like next door to each other God, kind yes. of a situation with like just a fuck ton of children
0: that is the family sitcom spin-off.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like an absurd amount of people flowing between these two houses like interchangeably. Ooh, in a colony.
0: We established this by like we get Kildare's image on a family tree and we yeah. just boom 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 going off showing how expansive this family tree and like zooms out mm-hmm. to see all those faces. And then those faces become a picture that we see Kildare posing for this like massive family picture that you're in, conveying the warmth and intimacy that that wild family unit has.
1: There's like a very brief, very quick, like clip reel of all of the accomplishments of her siblings. And then it ends with a young Kildare off in the corner staring. At nothing until she can't take it anymore. And she like turns and leaves and leaves the s- the screen door banging open in the breeze and just like doesn't go back. And then we cut back to the present and Kildare says, nobody gets my money, but it's not the money that matters.
2: You're right. Because nothing does.
1: No, things do matter, Archibald. What you feel matters.
0: I mean, that's just chemicals in your brain. Sure,
1: but it matters.
0: As you say that, that face, that beautiful face appears in your mind and there's a palpitation in your heart.
1: One of her hands twitches like it's going to go cover up the heartbeat, but she resists the urge to do that and says, look, maybe we should all just rest for a while and get our bearings back. We've been through a lot in the last couple of hours here.
0: And I think you do. You sleep. I think about. 15, 20 hours each. And after that sleep, the adrenaline and like all of the physical activity that you did of your exploration earlier in the night, combined with this wild, you know, landfall pod chasing, catches up with you. Your muscles are sore and tired. And you decide, all three of you, to put off the exploration for a day. And that day turns into two days, turns into three days. Um, And your bodies at the end of three days have mostly recovered. Uh, I will say that Kildare, you have felt a growing urge over the course of those three days to go to that skull-shaped mountain. In fact, in quiet moments when you are alone, you just pull up the image of the mountain and stare at it and think of that face. The rest of you, I feel like Archibald, I feel like you're the type to spend a little bit of your money, right? Oh, yeah. I think so. What do you spend it on? What do you do? Uh, I
2: think since most of my money goes to my mom and I try to give that as much to her as possible, I think Archie splurges a little bit here and there. Uh, Archie splurges on deep dive VR vids.
0: Oh, cool.
2: So like his guilty pleasure is that he'll buy a new VR bit vid mm-hmm. like a better than life type thing. Yeah. And he will jack into it and like go live there for a little bit.
0: That is the other spin-off. It It is a sword art online style. <laughs> oh yeah. Abso-
2: absolutely. It's, it, it's, it's just,
0: it's an MMO.
2: It's just like, MMO, VR vid type thing. And then the one that he gets is Tropical Vacation 5. Like It's just a a nice tropical vacation with other people that are in the tent city. Um, Because it has to be a local server like that. God, that rules! And so he spends these next couple of days mostly sleeping, but sleeping in what he believes is a tropical paradise and then going with a couple of people jumping off cliffs and hiking through jungles and going on yeah, zip lines over that's rainforests
0: base so future like you don't need to go into like fantasy adventure sims because your yeah. life is a wild adventure so you go into these relaxation vacation sims exactly that rules uh we turn to Andreas Andreas over these 3 days your body recovers and you have spent your life since that incident, basically training yourself to a physical peak. And like a coiled spring, you have kept your body like safe from injury and been careful on non-threatening situations, which is why the impression that most people have of you is that you're kind of a layabout. But that's just you being careful because even when it wasn't right in front of you, You felt destiny breathing down your neck. And now, because the stake is with you, you can hold that destiny in your hands. And you see that face, that face that has haunted you every time you close your eyes. What have you done in these three days?
3: When Andreas was sleeping, the stake was either tucked into his clothes Extremely close to him or under his pillow. He's kept it primarily hidden, but always on him because he knows that it's the one thing he can't lose right now. But it's also something that people would covet if they knew he had it because it's wood. Yeah. So Andreas has kept mostly to himself, kind of brooding with his thoughts. I think he tried to join Archibald. On vacation for a short period of time and managed to enjoy maybe a few hours but was unable to continue to invest when he knew that he was unaware of his surroundings his body was vulnerable and his ability to relax was he he just couldn't relax knowing that he was left vulnerable like that so in the meantime, he decided to do things like go off in private and do a little bit of working out, some push-ups and try to just like physically work off some of the frustration and fear that he's going through. So, he he took the time to recondition himself from his slower times in the recent past and feel more in control and prepared
0: at the end of this three days you all know that you're ready you feel it something calls to you about it the the thing that has been calling to kill dare for a long time that feeling of destiny that andreas has felt we get a shot of all three of you your faces illuminated green um and we zoom out from those faces and we can see the back silhouette of the skull-shaped mountain staring at you. New data populates from your book uh, interfacing with that mountain. You don't know why. I guess you were distracted by the need to sleep and relax, but you hadn't interfaced the new data with the data from your book. And when you do, a label pulls up on it. Dracula Mountain. Cool. I told you. I freaking told you.
2: I didn't doubt you.
1: Is Doom going to that mountain? And don't go.
2: You don't have to go. Like we'll go, and we'll just do this. We're just gonna go do scans. I can't let you
1: nerds go alone. You'll be in danger.
2: Uh Excuse me. Uh, excuse me. I. I. I am not a nerd.
1: Guys, we don't have time for this. Come on. We go in, we scan, we get out.
2: All right, all right, all right. So, yeah, it'll be quick. It'll be very, very quick. We just need to make a couple of scans, set some pylons, and the pylons will continually download and send more information to us. That's all we got to do.
1: Yeah, exactly. No one has to stay.
2: I'll tell you what. I'll be less of a stickler about this
3: if you both take the time to arm yourselves, because I can't be the only one fighting any more of those- Wolf bats or whatever's going to pop up.
2: <sighs> sure, fine. fine. Sure.
1: I don't have a problem being armed. And, I was driving the bus last time. And
2: Archibald goes to his cot, pulls out a a case underneath it, and pulls out an SMG.
1: Goodness.
2: And like he expertly like loads it, and he's like, "Fine."
3: Goodness. I have a question about the world. Yes. I understand that Tara was is long gone. So my mm-hmm. question is about the common minerals and items that were on earth is silver still a commodity or is that also
0: long gone? silver can be found if you want to find it you can get it
3: is was silver just werewolves or is that Dracula too
0: it's all wrapped up
3: okay I was trying to remember because I've I've got the wood and I don't want to break
0: it so peeling back the folkloric mirror The reason that vampires don't appear in mirrors is because there's silver on those mirrors. That's Mm. what was making the service reflective back in the day and actually still is what makes mirrors reflective.
3: If you're going to use a gun, you're going to have to go to the marketplace because we need something to cover those bullets.
0: With what?
2: Silver. Okay.
0: Smash cut to the marketplace. (laughs) uh Shopping. the market the marketplace
2: is just a three d printer um a giant Hold on. atom by say there was a bazaar oh no 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 no, 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 but we're like we're going to a specific place called the marketplace uh, <laughs> it's a three d printer that three d prints molecule by molecule what we want, so like it's in the the bazaar is like sending in like so-and-so is buying information from this person and this person and this person back and forth. And like so-and-so has got this to sell and that to sell. But if we want something built, we have it done at the marketplace.
0: That rules. You approach the marketplace. There is an AI voice that calls out to you. Cool. Blimey. What? What? It's all the marketplace. One of the only voices we have in the space future. I,
2: you know, I, I never liked this, but I, it's kind of charming. How can I help you? Would you like me to print up another chimbley? Corblimey! Now, what I'd like then is uh some silver bullets. Then it doesn't understand you if he doesn't if you don't do it.
0: Silver bullets, what, what? Silver
2: bullets, what, what? Indeed, corblimey. Yes. What oh, that'll be two hundred bitcoins. It will. Uh. Two hundred bitcoins, it is. Then you know, put her there, and she swipes, I swipes his card. So much. <laughs> Go ahead. Does anybody want anything else? Because you can't order anything unless you do it in that accent.
1: No, I don't want anything else. Ugh. No,
3: you look. You have to have something silver too. What are you fighting with?
1: I don't know. I was gonna. She like reaches into her pack and pulls out a bunch of random stuff. There's like tools and supplies none of it it's like steel or iron none of it's like silver but um she pulls out like a kukri looking knife yeah that is not iron or steel and is shinier than normal almost mirror like in its surface
2: oh it's tungsten
1: yeah <laughs> well because my object is a mirror and i haven't revealed that yeah yet. So I that think, rules i think this this kukri is... Is the mirror? Is, is the mirror. Oh, yeah, I forgot I had this. What What is that? It's a knife. A knife?
2: Got uh, it in a train a while ago.
0: It's a fucking cool knife is what it is.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool, yeah.
0: One of the strangers in the bazaar goes, It's not a knife.
1: Okay. Then
0: then what is? This is a knife. Oh, right, there you go. There you go. <laughs> what,
1: what? You
2: can't just walk by and ask the question and then not answer the question, sir. <laughs> See you around, Blue. God. Wow. But did you see the knife he had? It was a very big knife. What
1: are we doing here? What's the Massive.
2: <laughs> that knife. God, This guy was of about those? Dracula. Look, I... look, they're printing I... my 3D I... bullet, my, my silver can
0: bullets, I okay? Can I get a
3: knife
2: like that? Did I do it right?
0: Almost done with the printing. great.
3: <laughs> did you, that man's knife, can I get a
2: big one like that, but in silver?
1: Can you three D print silver? Is that a thing?
2: Yeah, that's what he's doing right now. We can three D print anything
0: if you've got the bitcoins. Oh, I've got right. I've got so. the bitcoins. I'm oh, sorry, can't understand you unless you're doing a jaunty little jig.
2: Help me with this. <laughs> I don't know how to talk to this thing. Now this is this is great. Keep going. <laughs> doing no, you're I doing look. fantastic. And Archibald taps his glasses to record.
3: Fuck this and. Uh, Andreas walks out.
2: I'm gonna get you get, at you least. get your
3: silver shit and come back to the camp, and I'll meet you there. And then we'll go. Whatever.
2: I'm 100 uploading this to the cloud, and I will get money for it. It'll be great.
0: <laughs> After a few minutes, <laughs> the 3D printer starts spitting out silver bullets into <laughs> the receiving tray. <laughs> All right, all right. Here we go. Are we good? Yeah, we're good.
2: All right, let's
1: go.
3: Honey, I can't help but feel like I've had an incredible impact <coughs> on you because you just made a bunch of fart noises for fun.
0: Mhm. <laughs> Smash cut to the foot of Dracula Mountain.
1: With like like the comedy music that was playing under the marketplace scene is gone, and now the, <laughs> there's just like an empty vista of like and like dust and our our hair lifting in the gentle breeze as we stare up at this mountain. Yeah. Uh. Let's uh let's... I
2: mean that's that's a human skull.
1: But it's a mountain.
2: But it's a human skull. Yeah. That's that's not natural.
1: N- well no. Also, was it even here like a week ago?
2: I mean, we hadn't scanned this area yet, so
1: I just feel like I would remember if it was there.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure it wasn't. Alright. This, is...
1: right. this is what happens
3: when Dracula shows up.
2: Alright. So here's Here's the game plan. We gotta triangulate the pylons so we can start scanning, doing yeah. the, the detailed scans. Okay. So we're gonna use the one here as one, and he puts a pylon that like drills itself into the ground. It's like this is point A. Okay. We need point A to point K to make sure that we have a, a good a good deep scan. I
1: thought B came after A. No, oh, A, oh,
2: oh. B. A through K. Oh, A
1: through K, got it. A through K, oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense.
3: Andreas has pulled Alan out again. I'd just like to say, over those three days of sleeping, what Alan was doing. (laughs) Please do. Alan was obviously very upset about that wolf bat attack. So Alan has been taking some time to himself and kind of, regathering his courage and after some time of like introspection alan felt a, a lot better he he survived at a challenging time and he knows that he's got the support of his friends so he he took some time <laughs> to himself and and he bathed a little bit and he did some flying around and found some some neat looking shiny things and brought Where them back and then he, <laughs> he piled them all up and just had a had a little bath with all the he found like a a puddle of water. The answer is nowhere,
2: James. The, the yeah. answer is
0: nowhere. <laughs> I was I was so terrified that it was building up to a horrible bit. Oh no! That was I be... just
3: wanted Alan to have a good day.
0: So you're just <laughs> describing Alan's bath time?
3: Yeah, Alan made a bath for himself Andreas put a bowl of water out and Alan filled it with some beautiful shiny things and then had himself a right nice bath
0: There is a 12 minute scene in the middle (laughs) of this movie of a crow just bathing in a bath full of shiny things This is a space future Dracula movie as directed (laughs) by Terrence Malick and you just have overly long interjections of serene nature scenes
2: <laughs> it really confused the critics but i mean it really brought the whole thing together it grounded Terence
0: malick not really confuse the critics
1: <laughs> and then at the end of it it smash cuts back to us standing at the foot of skull mountain uh with the wind gently rustling our clothes and our hair as we were trying to figure out where the Fuck to put these pylons.
3: And rustling Alan's feathers. He's looking quite proper right now.
0: Yes. We are going to move on to phase four. Phase three was technically climb Dracula Mountain. Uh, We
1: basically did that. I
0: think we did that metaphorically in a way.
2: (laughs) The
1: mountain was the friends we made along the way.
2: Exactly.
0: For this game, I just want to interject that I really wish that we had like eight, nine hours to devote to this. And like, I wasn't just doing it in these phases because I feel like I could have sunk in for this oh. game. <laughs> yeah. For, yeah. for real though.
2: We've, uh, we've we've fleshed this sucker out.
0: <laughs> enter Dracula's sanctum. So we have a crow's eye shot. Not a crow's eye shot. I think we have an extreme like zoomed out shot of your small party after all of the scanning pylons have been put in place we see you walking into the open mouth of the skull that is dracula mountain and inside there is this dark cave that is full of many different tunnels and flowing through the cave is a heavy foggy mist that the deeper you go in, the thicker it gets. And once the mist like starts getting to be about chest height and you start breathing it in, your bodies are overcome by a heavy sadness. And I think for this section, from each of you, I would like one scene of profound sadness that you've experienced in your lives. And I want to start Archibald, uh, then we're going to do Kildare, and then we're going to come to Andreas.
2: I think Archie's profound sadness stems not from the death of his father, or quote-unquote what people would consider normal sad things to happen to people in their lives. Like the fact that he grew up in relative poverty, uh, that his mother was a, a single mom who worked her whole life to make sure that he had had better. I think his sadness, his deep sad moment was the first time he went to space. We see Archie as a young teen, maybe 17 years old. The montage leading up to him being 17 is his mother coming home from her job in space and telling him about the wonders of the universe and spaceships and the beauty of the cosmos and her painting these beautiful pictures of nebulae and suns and stars and we see archie 17 a brand new bookkeeper on like an apprentice bookkeeper going to space for his very first time we watch the the ship slingshot off of the planet and into space and we see archie like at the window watching deep anticipation waiting for that moment where they are finally in space and he finally gets to go there. And we see uh, on Archie's Archie's left an older gentleman with like a graying beard who's his mentor. They reach space and Archie looks out and is not impressed.
1: Mm. Yikes.
2: It's just black. He can't see any nebulas. He can't see... Any stars. There are pinpricks there, but it's just empty.
0: In that moment, looking out over the vast emptiness and the tiny, tiny pinpricks of light, although you don't have words for it yet, you know something deep inside yourself. Nothing matters. Let's move over to Kildare. What is Kildare's moment of sadness?
1: So we saw before Kildare's large and unusual family that she left behind, her many siblings, her multiple sets of parents. The moment of sadness that bubbles to the surface for her is at one point some years ago when she was just trying to figure out her way in the world before she became a surveyor, she was fighting for money. In this fight, the way the situation was, it was you know not a super high end place to be fighting um and it wasn't particularly legal but it was it was on the higher end of things it wasn't like a pit in someone's basement you know she'd been making her way up in the world and doing pretty well um but something about this fight was off whether it was you know the stimulants she was on prior to the fight whether it was you know how much she had or hadn't slept something was off about her and uh, the fight became really emotionally charged for her and she ended up killing her opponent only to find out because the way the fights were performed for this particular like circle of wheelings and dealings things were done in like half light and the the combatants were masked. She kills the opponent only to find out that it's one of her brothers. Whoa. Uh, Some of their family was there watching the fight and those siblings came and swept their brother up out of the pit (sighs) only as she unmasks herself, realizing that's who that was and collapses only to see them all look at her like she's a monster and she may as well have died with him because she's never going to be able to go back to them. God.
0: And now we move to Andreas
3: When Andreas was younger He lived as best described As just almost a semi-charmed kind of life Mel? Baby, baby Uh, he He grew up in a good home A good solid home on a colony planet He was happy He had both of his parents They wanted the world for him Being someone who grew up in a home where he got essentially almost everything he wanted. You can't get everything in the colonies, there's plenty of things that you can't have there. But they gave him what they could. So his life was kind of handed to him. And then there came a day when he was out with his friends that ended in tragedy. And the memory that overwhelms Andreas at this point is the day that he's been thinking about for three days now. And the moment that floods into his mind is when he sits. He's kneeling on the ground, his arms cradling a body beneath him, but his face isn't looking at what he's holding. His face is turned upwards at a flash of green light in the sky because what he's holding is no longer with him, and neither is what did it.
0: And you emerge from the winding tunnels. You all took separate paths to reach this room, but you've entered the deep inner sanctum of Dracula Mountain. And uh, the things that were rolled earlier... Were one, two, three on that die, and I couldn't get above a three until what I just rolled, which is a six. For six, the prompt for the roll is "Fuck, it's Dracula!" Oh my gosh!
3: <laughs> I fucking told you!
0: <laughs>
1: oh shit!
3: So
0: you wind through the sanctum, and you enter a large room hanging from the ceiling are large, bound-up husks yeah. just swinging, and folks, they're human-shaped. Yeah. Oh, no. Nope. There nope. is nope. a like large set of stairs, stone-carved stairs hewn from a single sheet of rock. At the top, there is a massive throne shaped like a skull, and sitting on it, is that beautiful creature that sets Kildare's heart aflutter. Dracula. I fucking
3: told you. I told you that's Dracula.
0: It's motherfucking Dracula.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Dracula. Wait, that's Dracula. That's Dracula.
2: So, uh, this has been Archie's archives. If you like this video, please like, and subscribe. (laughs) And, uh, and hit that bell so you get all the notifications, and he touches his glasses again to turn off the recording that he's done for the last, like, hour and a half.
3: Was that was that live, or was that... Oh, no, they they don't really do Oh, no, I, we, we can't, live. can't do live. Yeah, like, that's right, that's I
2: gotta right. get back and upload this.
3: <laughs> Archie, I swear to God, if you want to be able to turn that in and upload it, we have to leave now, but it's already probably too
1: late. Is he looking at us? It is. He's looking at he's us. He's looking at us, yeah.
0: He, he like does a graceful gesture of his hand and like you turn around to try and see the exit, but everything is sealed up.
2: Oh hmm. Uh I shit. You. I fucking told you shit. I told you we shouldn't come here. I told you. Makes no sense. Makes no sense. He's uh Archie's like touching the wall, making sure there's, there's gotta be a crack or something. We came this
0: way.
1: Kildare looks strangely calm.
0: There is no crack. There is only Dracula. You <laughs>
2: Archie, Archie turns and looks. And, Shit. And like just, just looks at Dracula and goes, I... was that?
0: Yeah, Archie, roll
2: a survival. <laughs> I, I never had a dad, but is that a dad joke? That was a dad joke. <laughs> That's a three and I have a five survival.
0: You are knocked across the room, uh, but you manage to roll out of it. Like the mist rolls away from you, uh, and you can see standing where you were is the towering figure of Dracula.
2: Oh, man.
1: Uh, Kildare uh, looks strangely calm through all of this.
2: Uh, the wind knocked out of me. The wind knocked out of me. I'm, I'm going to
3: be okay. Great. Uh Andreas has a hand kind of curled up under his shirt behind him, <gasps> gripping no one else can see what's behind his back, but you two have a pretty good idea of what he's holding and he's And they wrote
0: a song about it. What are you You two? <laughs>
1: Try to
3: play a game,
0: (laughs) honey. How am I supposed to marry you in two days?
1: Will you do
3: shit like this?
1: Please, please let me edit this episode so that I can make it a beautiful blooper reel.
2: Oh, there have been no bloopers in this so far.
1: God makes no mistakes and neither do we. This is a perfect game. Go on. The
2: cloud makes no mistakes.
3: Anyways. Andreas is holding the wooden stake at the small of his back. It's Mm. like tucked up under his shirt and not entirely obvious to the room, but he's definitely got that wooden stake in a death grip.
0: Dracula approaches Kildare and does that thing... You know, that Draculas tend to do, hmm. where he waves his hand in front yeah. of her face and then uh, brings it beneath her chin to look up at mm-hmm. him. Like Draculas Like do. the
1: Dracs do. You know, like they do. Like
0: motherfucking Dracula is wont yeah, to do. He,
2: he's Dracula.
1: It's very common among Draculas.
3: <laughs> During this interaction, Andreas is going to... Kind of coil him. How how far away? We were standing fairly. You're very close. close. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Andreas coils himself, draws his arm back behind him, and is going to lunge and try to stab Dracula in the back.
0: Mm -hmm. Please roll for me a comprehend.
3: Why would you do this to me? You know I won't be able to Roll for me, a a comprehend.
2: Bitch. Because he's Dracula. He can see my he's character Dracula. sheet,
3: and he knows this is my worst. You're welcome. Go out, write some shit on this card. Go for it, you son <laughs> of a
0: bitch.
2: While you write that, would it be okay if Archibald took a couple of shots at Dracula with his MS- SMG? Absolutely. I feel like this is simultaneous as as Andreas takes his takes the stake and attacks, so too. Oh, ooh, that was close. Four, and I have a four in aggress. Did
3: you want that to be aggress, honey? Because you didn't make it aggress with me.
0: Yeah, I know, but you are learning some important information. Okay. Hold on here. Andreas lunges towards Dracula. And without even looking, Dracula's hand sweeps behind him. He still has Kildare's chin in his hand. As his hand sweeps backwards towards Andreas, Andreas flies back into the mist, much like Archibald did before him. As this happens, Archibald unsteadily stands up and pulls out the SMG and says what? Hey, you. And do you just shoot? That's, That's it, a, yeah.
1: I, <laughs> I thought you were okay, going to stop at Hey. Also I like that good. it's Hey, you. <laughs> yeah. And not Hey, Dracula.
0: <laughs> you pull the trigger. The f- muzzle flash of the SMG lights up the dark cavern around <laughs> you. And we enter bullet time. We see the bullets streak towards J- Dracula. He looks over, almost surprised to see Archibald there in front of him. And we can see, like, zoomed out, there's this layer of mist on the ground around Dracula and there. And as we see these bullets from behind, they are small pinpricks of light on a vacuous black mm. abyss. And then it speeds up again, and the bullets connect with him. And you can hear the creature cry out in pain, and it dashes away. Um, and suddenly you're surrounded by darkness. There's thick mist on the ground. The throne is in there, but you don't see Dracula. Um, it, Kildare, you return to your senses.
1: What the fuck was that?
0: I, I shot him. I shot him. It was, Where did he go? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. What, what were you doing? You
1: had eyes on him. Where you, did he go? you had
0: eyes on him. You had eyes for him. Andreas, as you stand up, you know something now that you did not understand before, and it's a thing that I read on your character sheet. You, you know, it's sort of like instinctually, just based yeah. on all the interactions. No, I, mean, I, okay. I get
3: that. Okay. I'm just not sure what you want me to do with it.
0: Whatever you want to do with it.
1: <laughs> well, we gotta go after him, right? We, we're gonna. Why? I thought that's why we came up here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we came here to do a, to do a deep scan of the mountain.
1: And are you scanning yet, How- or what?
2: How far away from the rest of
3: them am I right now? Like, how far did I get thrown?
0: 10 yards, 30 feet.
3: So a fair distance. Yeah. Andreas scrambles to his feet and it tries to, like, close his eyes to the impenetrable darkness and just feel with his heart out into the void around him and just... He 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 focuses his thoughts because he knows exactly how to get Dracula to come back.
0: Please roll for me an enrapture.
3: I got a three, and my enrapture is four. Yes.
0: Your eyes are closed, and you were you kneeling? Were you standing? I've stood up. Okay, so you're standing with your eyes closed. You've got, I imagine, the stake in front of you, clutched in two hands. Sure. So you're sort of focusing, you're focusing all the energy of your heart and your being projecting it out into the universe and suddenly you feel it, you know, he is behind you as you hear the voice pierce the air. You call so sweetly to me. And he places a hand on your shoulder and turns you around and for the first time sees your face and comprehends you as a being that he has seen before and you see in his eyes fear
3: this is for my friend
0: roll your aggress
3: I rolled a three and my aggress is six
0: Dracula snarls as the stake is plunged into his chest he does not immediately disintegrate into dust, Uh, but he cries out with the voices of 10,000 bats. You all suddenly feel very weak and sick. Can you please roll survival for me?
1: I rolled a five and I have a six.
2: Uh, I rolled a six and I have a five.
1: I rolled a four and I have a
3: three.
0: Okay. I am going to message Drew from my account this time. (laughs) On the Twitters? Yes. Yes on the twitters. And the other two you made your survival checks, yeah. right?
3: No, I did not. Wait, oh, you didn't?
0: Mel did not? No. What
3: did you
1: get?
0: Okay.
3: My I rolled a 4 and my survival is 3. Oh, okay.
1: So I made it but no one else did. Correct.
0: So that knowledge comes to you as the screaming voices of 10,000 bats pierce the air, and you can hear them whispering to you. There's a small moment of clarity right before you're overwhelmed. The passion of your heart is pushing back against these voices, and it forces your mouth to say words. You get one sentence. What do you say to your companion?
1: Is that just for the two who failed the roll?
0: So this is for Mel specifically. Okay. Mel has failed a lot of roles, so she has more information than anybody else. Oh,
2: okay, else. for sure. The, uh, the the bat scream has subsided at this point?
3: No, it's like in the, it's in the middle of this, so I, I make a statement to you kind of in the middle of this situation. Andreas is on the edge of his consciousness Ever since he picked up that stake, he's felt safer than he's ever felt before, oddly enough. And in this moment, when he feels that he's finally gotten the retribution for that horrible night, he calls out to both of you and says, As long as Dracula is alive, he can command and control anything. So you have to have this stake with you. Do this for me, because I've done this for you.
0: And at that, Andreas turns around, changed. Andreas runs forward to his other two companions. So you both have your wits about you, actually. What do you do when your friend starts to run towards you? Dracula is still screaming, trying to clutch at the stake in his chest. Uh,
1: so Andreas turns around and runs at us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Changed how? What do we see? Naruto runs. Naruto runs. Okay, great. Um,
0: yeah. Andreas doesn't typically Naruto <laughs> That's the run.
1: change? That's the observable change? Well, that's the big okay. change.
0: Um, but like something about their face. Andreas doesn't appear to be there. It's Andreas's uh-huh. body.
1: Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh.
0: The body moves, but the heart is still.
2: Archibald turns, sees Andreas running, and everything kind of slows down for him as we can hear his heartbeat. And it continues to beat. And as it beats, it beats in that, that meaty thump. But as it continues, it gets more hollow, more tinny. Until he pulls the hammer back on the SMG, points it directly at, at Andreas, and just unloads.
0: The SMG is drained but for one bullet, because you unloaded a lot into Dracula earlier. Roll your aggress. That's a six, and I have a
2: four in aggress.
0: You fire, and your bullet goes wild. As Andreas leaps upon you, tackling you to the ground, which leaves us with Kildare, the hunter. What do you do? Your friend is being attacked by your other friend, and the creature that is Dracula is screaming on the other side of the room.
1: And the stake is in Dracula right now. Yes. Okay, Kildare having up to this moment been seized with kind of panic, sees this happen between Andreas and Archibald and the insanity of everything that's happening and everything that's happened up to this moment, uh, like kind of reaches a peak in her mind and then like bursts. Like it's just, it's too insane. It's too absurd. It's too unexpected and too sudden. And she pulls the kukri and runs at Dracula
0: Roll your Ah, uh,
1: I rolled a five, and I have a three.
0: Wait, okay. You had all these good rolls in the very yeah, beginning. I was rolling
1: so good at the beginning of this game. Fuck,
0: it's Dracula, man. Fuck, yeah. it's Dracula.
2: Oh, it's Dracula.
0: Oh. <laughs> oh, wait, I just sent that to Mel. Oops.
1: But Don't look, Mel. Don't look. I'm not. Sent. All right, I got it.
0: So, you run towards Dracula. You. Bring that kukri down as if to stab him, and his hand catches yours. You can feel your heart pumping. You're overwhelmed by desire as you wrestle with Dracula, both desire to hunt and kill and so much more. Your limbs feel heavy. Not only are you grappling with a being of titanic strength, but... You're moving against your own bodily instincts, doing something that every fiber of your being screams against you. You know that you can do this, but you cannot do it alone. Let's cut over to our good friend Archibald. Archibald, you are wrestling with Andreas.
2: In Archie's mind, as he's struggling against Andreas, holding, trying to hold back against this onslaught that his friend is attacking him with, he doesn't see Andreas, he sees past him to the roof of this cavern, and it reminds him of an empty sky that held so much promise and suddenly held nothing, a vast, empty, cold eternity. And Archie gives up and does not stop Andreas.
0: Andreas? Bites Archibald. And
2: as he feels that bite, the bite feels so far away, feels so distant as if it's happening to someone else, as if he's if it's happening in in one of his VR, VR vacations to someone else. And he feels that bite and continues to let it course through him that this is happening to someone else. This isn't happening to him. And if it is happening to him, eh, doesn't matter.
0: And the blood from this heart enters your mouth, Andreas, and fills you with a clarity. A second ago, you were a dead thing and moving. And now that you've tasted the blood of life, once again, you are awake and you feel what is in your heart.
3: Is that... Is that nothing or not? <laughs> is my heart beating again, or am I? Your just... heart is
0: yeah. Your heart is beating.
3: Oh, has my heart been beating this whole time? Yeah. Oh, you didn't die. That's good to know. You said I was a dead thing.
0: <laughs> You're like a dead thing. Okay. I mean, just a second ago.
3: Fine. All right. Andreas pulls back quickly, and panic and recognition of what just happened streaks down his face and he simply cannot believe from when from his moment of loss of consciousness he just hoped upon hope that he was just dead that he didn't have to face this anymore the the pain that had flooded his life for all this time and the the despair and having that moment finally when he could get his retribution and feel the release of life and the the frustration. He thought that would be the perfect moment to just stop. But here he is now, leaned over his good friend, blood dripping from his mouth, and he screams, rolls off of Archibald, and surveys the scene.
0: You can see Kildare... Locked in a wrestling embrace with Dracula. They are struggling um, and Kildare is very strong. Kildare has always been very strong, but so has Dracula. And you can see without intervention, your friend will be overpowered.
3: Andreas's heart fills the moment he sees Kildare. The one thing that's driven him through some of the hardest times in his life recently is his secret love for them. And even though he's never put words to it, he's always held Kildare in a very special place. Never really put the moves on, as one might say. He regarded them with a quiet respect. And in this moment, he sees this threat and he's just done. He thought he had this wrapped up. It was in his hands. The stake pierced the monster that he's been chasing, that's been chasing him for so long. And a new, a fresh determination fills him as he uses the back of his hand to smear blood away from his mouth. He stands up and One step turns into a few steps, and a stumble, and a walk, and a run as fast as he can, and he bodily throws himself at Dracula, grabbing the stake already dug into Dracula's chest and pressing it even harder, hoping to completely pierce his body.
0: You roar, and your heart swims, feeling two things inside it. one hatred for dracula and two love for killed there these are the only things you can feel and only things as you can think as you push that stake further into the creature's chest and pierce its heart and in a second the creature before you is gone and andreas stands up covered in the blood of Archibald, set against the pure, empty darkness of the cave of Dracula behind him, with this red stained stake in a hand, he turns around and looks at Kildare. And Kildare, you look into Andreas's eyes. What do you see?
1: The madness of the moment, the torrent of emotion suddenly sweeps clean like a blank slate. Their eyes meet and Kildare sees Andreas, but it's like she's seeing Andreas for the first time as someone who is not just this layabout crew member who's seen some stuff and won't talk about it. Seeing Andreas as Andreas should be seen, as this strong, capable, focused figure Not just someone on the team, but someone who stands out in any crowd.
0: The love that you felt for Dracula, for the creature that was Dracula, was hollow. Something imposed on you by the creature's will. By the will the creature has over passion. What you feel in this moment, what you feel for Andreas, is complete. It is everything. You feel this as Alan lands upon Andreas's shoulder, and Andreas begins the ascent of those stone stairs, and we can see the skull throne has disappeared. In its place is that obsidian black sarcophagus, now cleansed of all the dirt and soot that was outside it before, shining In the impossible light of this cave, as there's no source of light here, yet you can all see. The door opens, and for a moment, you can feel it call to you, Andreas. You can feel the call of the coffin. You've slain the beast, and you've won the prize. You can take its place. What do you do?
3: Oh, boy.
0: Oh, fuck. Oh, You're Dracula. It's
3: Dracula. is it Dracula?
0: But the Dracula was me.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm Dracula now.
0: You could be. Okay. There's
1: multiple endings. Yeah. There's multiple endings here.
0: I would like, Allie. I would like you to read the secret knowledge. Oh yeah, that yeah. You have on your character sheet now. The
1: secret knowledge is love and hate are the melodies of the symphony of the night.
3: I think Andreas gives a lot of pause and stands at the precipice because the feeling that's pulling at him is overwhelming. His entire being has been exhausted by this struggle. And... He turns to you one more time, Kildare. And I think he has a look that's very searching to know if anything he's felt for you all this time reflects in your eyes at all.
1: Kildare meets Andreas's gaze as the kind of trembling exhaustion begins to creep into both of their bodies after everything they've been through. She looks up at him and lets part of her breath escape in a sigh and says, I want to say you were right, that we shouldn't have come. But if we hadn't have come, he'd still be after us. We couldn't have done this without each other.
0: All right. I hope you're okay with this ending. I hope you're both okay with this ending. At this moment, we enter montage mode. There's like a synth beat, and we can hear a rumbling, and we cut to just shots of the tent city of various people sitting around, that big guy who was after the wolf bat we, we see him just sort of drinking and, and staring at uh, the face of Dracula Mountain. Uh, we can see the other crew that smashed their tire chasing you, slowly pulling their buggy back into town. We can see people drinking and laughing, looking over uh, their packs of Terran dirt. And then we Cut to far away, far away from this place, we can see Archibald's mother, old, wizened, still strong, receive a sudden deposit in her account of a fortune of bitcoins as her hand instinctually moves up to her mouth to catch the despair in her throat and the rumbling gets louder as we Return to Dracula Mountain, and we can see green fire shooting out of it as a coffin object rises into the air. The camera slowly moves in on the coffin, and this synth beat is growing and it has a dark, romantic overture as we can see through a small window in the front of the coffin two figures intertwined in an embrace andreas and kildare they fly off into the cosmos and then of course there's a long like sort of sweeping shot as alan flies in front of the camera before the credits roll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fuck,
1: oh, fuck. Oh, we weird dracula. dracula Oh, fuck! Oh, weird dracula you're both dracula shit
0: Well, guys, (laughs) thank you so much for going on this Dracula adventure What a good
2: game. This Dracula journey.
1: What a great game.
0: Again, I could have played this game for twice or three times as long. This game rules. Go get this game. It's It's free. free. It's It's free. free. It's free. Go to the 200 Word RPG Challenge site and download it. It's free. Go
1: play this game now.
0: Yeah, thanks. Thanks, guys, uh, for playing. Uh, Thanks to the 200 Word RPG Challenge for putting together this challenge and helping this game come into existence. Thanks to Levon Jahanian uh, for creating this game. And thanks to everybody who's contributed to the 200 Word RPG Challenge this year. Congratulations again to all of the finalists and winners. What a great year.
1: Yeah, it really was.
0: Well, Heroes, that's it for One Shot this week, but don't worry. We'll be back next week with Kids on Bikes and special guest author Patrick Rothfuss. I realize that sounds like I was queuing up a weird late night segment. We're going to be playing the role-playing game Kids on Bikes throughout October, and we'll be joined by Patrick Rothfuss as one of the players. I recorded this one a little while ago, and it's a good one. Before we move on to the rest of our announcements, I wanted to give a special congratulations to my friends Alan Linick and Eli Mandel for getting cast to the writing staff of Saturday Night Live. Heroes might remember Alan as Wayne on A Woman with Hollow Eyes, along with several other appearances on One Shot throughout this year. And you might remember Eli for representing Improvised Star Trek in the Interdimensional Championship in the Dungeon Dome. Alan and Eli are incredibly talented performers and writers. And i'm so excited to see them go on to the big time with snl guys we're gonna miss having you in chicago but go break some legs well they're not network affiliates i did want to direct people over to check out alan's DD show tldm which is full of great conversation and insight about playing dungeons and dragons fifth edition it's one of my favorite shows, and because Alan's going to be moving on to SNL, I think the future of it is a little bit uncertain. But if you're a D&D player, it's still full of a ton of useful advice that will be useful no matter what. In the meantime, if you're looking for other great gaming shows, be sure to check out Backstory. Backstory is a cozy, thoughtful interview show featuring the most fascinating folks in role-playing. Join host Alex Roberts as she gets to know game designers, LARP rights, scholars, community organizers, and more. From emerging artists to seasoned veterans, guests open up about their creative process, what keeps them engaged, and their visions for the future of role-playing. Coming up this week on the OneShot Twitch stream, on Wednesday, we're doing a special stream of Inhuman Conditions, a two-player social deduction game based on Blade Runner. That'll be starting Wednesday at 7.15 p.m. Then on Thursday, we'll be streaming more Gloomhaven for a new episode of Total Party Kill, starting at 7 p.m. Central Time. You can find all that and more at twitch.tv oneshotrpg one-shot-rpg. Heroes, my book, The Ultimate RPG Character Backstory Guide, is almost out. It's going to be released everywhere books are sold on October 2nd. The Ultimate RPG Character Backstory Guide is a guide to help players both new and old build more complex character backstories, and it even helps you keep playing the game when you're alone. It's available to pre-order now wherever books are sold. That means your favorite independent brick-and-mortar bookstore, or Barnes & Noble, or any online seller you can imagine. If you don't have the money, be sure to head to your local library and request that they get it in stock for you. No matter how you get that book, it all eventually comes back to me, and I am extremely grateful for it. As always, heroes, we end one shot with a call to action, and this week, I'm going to be talking about the Kavanaugh confirmation, which means there's a content warning for discussions of sexual assault. I don't believe the majority of the Republican Party takes sexual assault seriously. Frankly, I don't think the Democratic Party takes it seriously enough either but someone is nominated to take on one of the highest positions in our government. Someone who will be deciding on cases that revolve around sexual assault and how women in our country are treated. The idea that the accusations against Kavanaugh are not germane to his confirmation is galling. In the face of something so large like this, it's easy to feel disheartened and feel small. It's important to remember that you are not powerless. You can make an impact on this confirmation by calling your representatives and letting them know that this issue is important to you, that it cannot be ignored or overlooked. When I call my representatives, I use a site called fivecalls.org. There you can find issue summaries for issues like the Kavanaugh confirmation, along with contact information for your representatives and a script to read while you're on the phone to help you organize your thoughts. And while you're out there making calls, I recommend that you also take some time to register to vote midterm elections are generally pretty important. This year's midterms are extremely important. Make sure you and everyone you know is registered to vote. In most states, registration can take place online and only takes a couple of minutes. As always, a humble and hearty thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show.